When you look at all the faces that you just saw, you realize what an amazing blessing and privilege fatherhood is. But you also realize what an awesome responsibility it is. God isn't looking for men who can move mountains and lead nations. He's looking for men who can live his principles, men who can stand for his truths. He's looking for men who can be examples to their families, to their children, in their workplace, in their neighborhoods, in their communities. And with those men, he can move mountains and he can lead nations. God is looking today for a few good men. What this dying world could use is a willing man of God who dares to go against the grain and work without applause. A man who raised the shield of faith, protecting what is pure, whose love is tough and gentle, a man whose word is sure. God doesn't need an orator who knows just what to say. He doesn't need authorities to reason him away. He doesn't need an army to guarantee a win. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and cry men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die men who fight for freedom and honor once again he just needs a few good men he calls the broken derelict whose life has been made new he calls the ones who have the strength to stand up for the truth. Enlistment lines are open and he wants you to come in. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die, no, men who fight for freedom and honor once again, he just needs a few good men, men full of compassion, who laugh and love and cry, men who face eternity and aren't afraid to And I'm 
Was that something? Let's give them a hand. Oh. Thank you, Randy and the men. Truly, we honor fathers today. And we hope that every father here would live up to the challenge that we have, especially during these days in our history. When I was looking at the little uh, video for the little ones, you notice they started from like one year till 20. And these young children, did you realize what I realized that these are the men and women of the future. This is the future church. If the Lord doesn't come and take us, I prefer the Lord will take us up there and they can form their own church there and call it whatever they want. <laughs> but this, uh, this is how the responsibility is on our shoulders, especially men today being today is Father's Day to raise children for the future, to take charge of the responsibilities that we are carrying now is to spread the gospel and to tell the world that only Jesus is the only answer to man's problem. That's all. So with that, let's start our meeting. A young father-to-be was pacing back and forth, wringing his hands in the hospital corridor while his wife was in labor. Some of us have been there, right? He was tied up in knots of fear and anxiety, perspiring from top to bottom. Finally, at 4 a.m., the nurse popped out of the door and said, Well, sir, you have a little girl. He dropped his hands, became limp, and said, oh, how I thank God it's a girl. She'll never have to go through the awful agony I've had tonight. <laughs> you got it? doesn't know anything. <laughs> Let's read a couple of verses from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home 
and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Today is Father's Day, and we have a call, fathers, a call from heaven to take up our responsibilities and be men of God. I want to speak this morning about what kind of role models fathers ought to be. And in brief, my number one point is fathers are to be role models, period. Someone said about fathers, their actions speak louder than words. This is especially true in the home. Children learn values, morals, and priorities by observing how their parents act and react every day. If fathers exhibit a deep awe and respect for and dependence on God, the children will catch these attitudes. If not, I leave it up to your imaginations what kind of children are going to be. Clarence Kelland a U.S. writer wrote once, My father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. A father sets the tone for his family by being the right example in everything. First and foremost, the father who is the head of his household must bring peace and joy to his family. In Christianity, we don't have fathers who come home angry. Come home fighting. Who come home to scream and beat and so havoc in the household. This is not what God called Christian father for. He is to bring peace first. And he cannot bring peace unless the prince of peace is in his heart. He has to, be, to bring joy. And he cannot bring joy unless the giver of joy, Jesus Christ, is in his heart. And he cannot give life and happiness to his family unless he has experienced true happiness in his heart. Remember that. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 21, He that troubles his own household shall inherit the wind. Warren Wiersbe wrote in the Moody Monthly, if your son hears dad pray like a prophet on Sundays and then sees him lose his temper on weekdays, he may lose faith in dad's Bible and the church. And then he comments saying, 
Keep your temper. Nobody else wants it. Fathers, it's a warning for us how to behave at home. As I said, fathers are to be role models. Someone said, good example has twice the value of good advice. Good example has twice the value of good advice. Nat Olson once wrote, fathers who want their children to end up right must walk upright themselves. There is no way looking at your child and don't do what I do, do what I say. This doesn't work. Our children are imitators. Our children follow us with any action we do. They try to look, I want to be like dad. And I want to ask you this question, young father especially, your children when they say, I want to be like dad, would you bow your hand and say, I want to hide somewhere? Or would you say, I am proud if they are going to be like that? Ask yourself this question. Being a role model is not at all easy. It's a challenging one. Men cannot do it by themselves. Neither a good name, nor riches, nor fame can do it. It takes the spirit of God to change your heart and outlook on life and make you a godly father. At that moment, when you experience the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you can start being the godly father God wants you to be. Start being the example in honesty, in integrity, in faithfulness. And your children then will look at you and respect you and are proud to say, that's my dad. And guess what? Above all, when you say something, they'll obey you. You know why? Because you are the example. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 6, the glory of the sons is their fathers. The Bible is right. They can be proud of you. And put you on a pedestal. And that's why the glory of the sons and daughters is their fathers because my dad is a dad who sets good examples and I love that. A great man once said, and please listen to this, in early life I had nearly been betrayed into the principle of atheism. But there was one argument in favor of Christianity that I could not refute. And that was the consistent character and example of my own father. Role models. I'm calling you, Father, to be role models today. By the end of this meeting, my numbers in the polls among fathers might be low. But, but, there's a message from God to our hearts. It's not my message. It's the message to you, fathers, and especially young ones. First point we said, 
Fathers are to be role models. The second point, fathers are to exercise reverence for God. The man of faith and courage, Joshua, and many of our children know about him, and we, I hope you remember who's Joshua. Toward the end of his life, said to the whole nation, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. That was his experience. This is true reverence. Moses knew better than anyone else when he wrote the verses we read this morning. And let me summarize his thoughts of what we read. Four points under fearing God, which is a reverence and awe toward our almighty God. Fathers and all of us, live in the presence of God every minute of your life. You want to be a good father? Live in God's presence. When you live in God's presence, you will have to watch every step you take, every word you say, every move you make. And you know what? That will make you a godly father. Let's live, young men, let's live in the presence of God. And there is no substitute for that if you want to be a father and a godly father. Second point, live on his plan for your life and your family. You don't have, you can't have two lives if you are a good father, if you want to be a good father. You can't be at the office, one thing, and at home, another. You can't be anywhere with the boys, one thing, and at home, another. You have to live a true image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Live on God's plan for your life first and then for your family, your wife and your kids. And what we read, in other words, says number three, keep your ears open to God's voice. You cannot live a godly father and be an example and be in, uh, give reverence to God unless you open your ears to his voice. Whatever he says, I will do. Wherever he wants me, I will go. He will watch your footsteps. If he says, don't go to that place, you mean, uh, it means I will not go to that place. Don't go with these people south, somewhere, and you know what I mean? To a bar or to a place where God is not going to be there and tell your friends and tell your, those people invite you, if God is not going to be there, I cannot be there because you are a man of God. Keep your ears open to his voice when he talks to you. Obey him, be ready to obey him at any time. This is what Moses wrote in the Holy Spirit to the fathers and to the families of old Israel. And we need to ourselves heed to these words and follow them fathers and live in the presence of God as long as we have given time to live on this earth. Samuel the great prophet 
reach the highest level of morality and success because of his reverence to the Lord and his readiness to obey him. May we imitate him. He became a great man of God and he led Israel and he was an intercessor on behalf of the whole nation toward God. From his childhood, he was attentive to the voice of God. And if you remember with me, he is the one who said, he was the one who said, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak Lord. So many today, men and women, they don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to hear the voice of God because the voice of God convicts them. And may God convict our hearts if we are doing something wrong. You know what? I say, Lord, convict me. This way, I don't have to pay a higher price later on in life if I continue in that thought or in that life. Oh, yes, he said, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. Reverence is holy fear of God's authority and obedience to his commandments and to hate all forms of evil. Fathers today, we are here. If we are godly fathers, good men that God is looking for, he wants good men. If we are to live this life, this holy life, we need to stand firm on the promises of God. The Bible says in Psalms 19, 19, easy to remember, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. You want a clean life? Fear God. You want a prosperous life? Fear God. You want a successful life? Fear God. Exercise the do reverence for God. Above all things, let the Bible be the center of the family worship. And I don't want to miss that one. How is your family worship, man? How is your Bible study with your family? How is the devotion going on at home? Is it one day yes and two days no? Is it intermittent? Or is it on a daily basis? You know, the family gathering at home has almost vanished from the American way of life. It used to be 5 o'clock dinner and family gathering around the table. Nowadays, each one goes to his room and they have different televisions and each one watches his own show or different cell phones and they text on them. And the family life has been destroyed by what we have today, what we call progress. I hope we go back to degress a little bit and have the family table and get, sit around it and share the word of God and share what happened today. And this is why if you, do, if you don't come home at 5 o'clock, there will be, should be maybe 7 o'clock, maybe at a certain time. Fathers, Fathers, I beg of you, bring the family together around a table. Share with them the word of God. And this is the only way you can preserve your family and you can honor God in your life.
Fathers, do not provoke your children, the Bible says, to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's how you bring them all together. When you do that, the Bible says in Psalms 128.3, there is always a reward for following the Lord's order. There is always something good, an award for the family, especially fathers. And look what the Bible says. Hear it in uh, Psalms 128.3. Your wife, when you do these things, when you have a family altar, when you have a family gathering around the word of God, your wife first shall be like a fruitful vine. Isn't that beautiful? Within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. That's the recompense, if you wish, please, of being a man of God, a good father in the household. We said first, role model. Secondly, exercise a reverence for God, especially at home. Thirdly, fathers are to teach their children right living. Right living. Right living is applying our lives to the word of God. That's the definition. How to live right is applying your life to the word of God. Whatever the word says, I will do. And if, I, I, if it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to do it. How about that? Because the book, Bible, has every little detail for everything to you exercise in your life. Don't tell me it doesn't have anything to say about real estate. It does. Don't tell me it doesn't have anything to say about school. It does. About upbringing, it does. About living, it does. About eating, it does. It has everything applying your life to the word of God. The Israelis were extremely successful at making religion an integral part of their life. This is why, and in spite of their history, which we know about, God raised prophets, leaders, and many genuine men and women to lead them and guide them. Furthermore, success was promised and rewarded to everyone who followed and obeyed God. They were simple people, but they were mighty with God. They were uneducated, but they turned the world upside down. Their lives were very successful because they measured their life to the word of God. They set a standard, and the standard was their God, and they had to go up to the standard. They never brought the standard of God down to their level. And when they brought it, they failed in everything. There is a standard, folks, men, fathers. There is a standard set for us to follow. And it's not difficult at all. If we are in the spirit, if we are obedient, the standard can be met. And then we will raise a family to honor God in the future. Don't you like to see these pictures of like 40 little ones shown this morning to us in the future be all saved, all serving God, all singing in the choir, all having a ministry in the church. 
If you are aiming to do that, you cannot be a father in the world and send your children to, to school and let them teach them there, let Adol preach to them. We cannot do that. Christianity starts in the heart of the father and the mother at home. And you teach them at home, then you bring them to church. Please, do not forget, this is a big responsibility. And we saw them today, and we saw their pictures, and we are responsible for them. Fathers, take up, pick yourself up, and let us be godly fathers. A successful father is not measured in worldly achievements. We heard that. Randy said it this morning. Nor by financial value, nor by wealth at all. He is simply measured by his obedience to the word of God. That's all. And how do you apply the word of God to your life? By living a double life? What happened at work, no one knows about. We sometimes joke says what happened at Applebee's, that when we eat there, we eat sometimes bad things. I mean by bad things, we eat, we eat good hamburgers. On top of the hamburger, you have some other things there. Becomes and we says, what happens here stays here. It's good for food. I enjoy it. But men of God, if anything happens against God's will at work, it's not right to say stays there. We have to give an account. We are responsible for our behavior because everything is done is, is naked before the eye of Jesus Christ. We cannot hide ourselves. We cannot live a double life. We cannot be one thing with the world and another at church. We cannot be non-Christians in the world and amongst our people and peers and then come to church on Sunday and pray and sing hymns. This is not good in the eyes of God. This is a sin and this is not the life that God wants you and I to live. Are we clear on that? Bill McDonald writes regarding such a father, he said, He is the one who acknowledges the Lord in every area of life and who walks in practical obedience to the Word of God. Are we practicing the Word of God? Are we practicing the presence of God on a daily basis? So many times we think even your thoughts God has to control. You cannot practice the presence of God and be thinking of an evil matter. You cannot. The, the, the presence of God is out the window. You have to walk in the presence of God with thoughts that are pleasing to God, with life that is pleasing to God, and then, then you will be the father who is teaching his children the right living. In addition, a good father is a good teacher. Are we? Are we fathers good teachers? The teaching must be combined with the example. You can't teach one thing and live another. Let's teach God's love to them. When you teach them that God loves them, they will grow loving God. Remember, guidance, they need guidance. It comes from the word of God. 
Direction. They need directions. It comes from the word of God. The church and Christian schools cannot be used as an escape from this responsibility. Let's take up our responsibility, man. Let's take up our responsibilities. Eternal truths are most effectively learned in the loving environment of a God-fearing home. Eternal truths are learned in a godly environment, in, in an environment of a God-fearing home. Do you listen to me? And some of our young men said, I don't have a father. I put the responsibility on the single mothers. May we raise these kids in the fear of the Lord. It's not easy, but it's challenging, and the Lord will give us all the help. The key to teaching your children to love God is stated simply and clearly in the verses we read this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 6. In brief, and at the end, if you want your children to follow God, you must make God a part of everyday experience. Are you? Are we? The influence of our teaching, fathers, sacrifices, loyalty, and discipline will never leave their memories, but will follow them as they become fathers themselves. What you are, your son wants to follow you. What you teach him, says, Dad taught me. I read a story about a father who used to drink a lot. And by the way, Friday I was driving my car and I heard on the radio the following says, if you are a drinking father, your 90% your children will be drinking children. And a father was going to get a drink, and his son said, I want to go after my father. I want to follow in his footsteps. And the father, while going to the tavern to have a couple of drinks, heard some footsteps behind him. I read this, and he said, who's following me? And he looked and saw his son and changed his course. He said, I don't want to be my son to be a drunkard like me. He changed his course. And the, the sons kept saying, I will follow dad wherever he's going. Your son, your daughter will follow you wherever you're going. Is it the tavern or is it the church? Our children finally need attention. They need us to be with them. They need our time. Being busy, they don't like to hear this word, I'm busy. We'll play later. Give them the priority. And the Lord will bless you, will bless your family, and will bless them. Someone once wrote, small boys become big men through the influence of big men who care about small boys. The challenge is to be role models, to live in reverence, 
and to show our children the true life of Jesus Christ in our lives. Do we have a challenge? Yes. Are we going to follow the word? We need to. And the Lord is calling on each and every father this afternoon to live a life worthy of his calling. And may God bless you and bless this day in your life. Let's bow our heads. Our Father, we thank you this morning, rather this afternoon, for calling on each and every father to be godly, to live a life worthy of the salvation that we have. Help us to be men of honor, good men as we heard the song, faithful, sincere, loving, kind, setting examples, role models, Lord, and live in your presence as long as we are here on earth. Help our hearts not to forget that we have a great responsibility is to be the true fathers that God wants us to be. Bless each and every family, those who are on vacation, traveling, those who are sick, couldn't make it. We pray that you visit with them, bless them, and bring them back to us safely. As we enjoy this Father's Day, may you be with each and every family here. Give them a good time and help us not to forget whatever we have is a gift from you. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you. Have a happy Father's Day. Enjoy it. And let's not forget our responsibilities.